welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. On the show, we talk about news, reviews, and games and entertainment that we either played or happened over the week. We welcome everyone here and thank you for your support so far. My name is Barry, my co-host here. Uh, my name is still Craig, still here. And we're going to go ahead and get right into the news. So uh, I guess I'll go first because okay. you know the biggest news is Madden 21. <laughs> yep. This is my only news story, so here and, we go. And, and the next-gen stuff. So... <laughs> Primarily, Madden and EA Sports finally came out with a trailer uh, showcasing everything that they're going to kind of be putting into this new next-gen version of the game. And For the most part, what we're seeing is better graphics, which is what kind of everybody expected there, better presentation, like we're not seeing the same presentation that we've seen in the past, like, three Maddens in a row now when it comes to players, and the fact that the movement is all going to be very much different now with AWS, which is kind of the NFL's um, stat tracking program, is going to be implemented into the game by how players move, how fast they accelerate, and how they run routes. So it's not going to be in in Madden now when you run a post, it's or you know you run a slant, the your player goes up and then goes like ninety degrees on a dime. And yeah. makes the slant. Now there's going to be not so much of a 90 degree. Maybe it's you know going to be a little bit more of a swerve and then into the center. So that's kind of what we're seeing. And all this is done because NFL for the past like two or three years has been putting tracking pads in players' shoulder pieces to where they can track how fast they're moving, ex- where exactly they are on the field and that kind of thing. So it's kind of cool to see this implementation mm-hmm. into the game and you know, I've I've been calling out Madden ever since I got it that it needed a change, and we might see a bit of a change here. I don't think I'm going to be blown away by any of this stuff, but if it's going to change the gameplay for the better, because in a lot of ways, Madden now, you just run the same plays that are easily exploitable, yep. and, you know, it's just scoring back and forth or something like that. So this is, it's good news for for anybody who's interested in madden this year and especially now where you know if you already have the ps4 version or xbox you're going to get upgraded for free now's a pretty good time and on top of that too madden's on a pretty decent sell for the black friday week so if anybody's looking to get it and wants to not have to buy the 70 dollars version you don't have to you can buy the 30 dollars version and get it yep. for next gen as well which is i think something that people might overlook yeah, I think like the the stuff that jumped out at me was they're going to have the actual player models when they're on the sideline because I think one thing I've always noticed with Madden is there's like three basic body types of the players on the sideline and that's about it. Um so now you should be able to tell by looking on the sideline like, you know, oh that's Tom Brady or whoever. Um I saw they said that like they're going to on the sideline they're actually going to be paying attention to the play so they will react to the play and also they'll get out of the way if anybody runs into the sidelines. Um, But that's stuff that like should already be in there as far as I'm concerned, like collision detection and that kind of thing. That should already be something that's been taken care of. I don't know why it's taking until now. Um, But is this enough for you to be happy with what they did with your next gen upgrade? I'm going to need to play it first. Okay. I need to see whether or not it fixes a lot of the holes that this game has. Cause Mm -hmm. for, as I mentioned before, like everybody runs just the same plays that are very easily exploitable, especially if you're someone who doesn't play Madden very much, which a lot of people who have been playing, you know, this, the PS, the PS4 and Xbox versions are going to come into this new one. And if, and if they're able to just take advantage of the same old plays over and over again, then I think that's real. I think that's really going to disappoint me because a lot of, I think a lot of people are going to be buying this version of Madden because it's a next gen game, because it's going to take advantage of the new signage system you just got. So right, that's that's what I need to see. I need to see if you know the play plays are toned down, and if if there's I guess a bit more realism or excitement to football. the <laughs> The replay system like looked a lot more fun, where it's not just a boring you know replay of a big play. It's something where it's it's more like a TV telebroadcast, which is what I mentioned in last week's episode which is something, you know, I want. I want it to feel more like, you know, I'm in control of a TV broadcast in a right. way. Yep. Yeah, so hopefully it is, you know, quite a bit better. And uh, 
it's kind of hard because like part of me thinks I should just jump on the $30 version now, but I'm still kind of waiting to see how it actually is. And if I wait too long, though, it's not going to be on sale anymore. So I don't know. I'm kind of stuck. I may hold off and see and then decide, but it's at least hopeful. It looks hopeful. Yeah, I I personally think that if if you're even remotely interested in Madden, like getting the $30 version is is a good steal. Yeah. For for the most part, considering that if if you don't know that you're just able to get the next gen title without having to buy it, you'd technically be paying more than double. Yep. Because the game's now and especially even the next gen game is now 70 bucks. Yeah. I don't and, want to talk about it. <laughs> and just keep in mind that the next gen for Madden 21 and FIFA 21 are both going to be coming out December 4th. It's pretty soon. Yep, keep an eye on it. We'll we'll have I'll have impressions fairly quickly. Yeah. I just thought of another news story and I everything kind of blends together so I can't remember if we talked about it last week or not. But did we talk about the uh console version of Cyberpunk that they showed? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, we, never we mind then. That. I couldn't remember. I, but, I just well, watched it again um, today, and I was like, man, I can't remember if we talked about that or not. Well, on the topic of cyberpunk, there has been a couple news that apparently some copies have been leaking yes. out, mm-hmm. and people are playing them already. Which, you know, I guess that's it's bad for CD Projekt Red, but good for anybody hoping that you know this game might not actually release right on December. 10th. Yeah, I think if December tenth is a firm date. Like, yeah, I don't think considering that people have it in their hands. Yeah. But yeah, just like having watched that again, um, I, I can't say that I really saw that much of a difference between the two, but um, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully the people who are playing it now are, are enjoying it. I know the one guy was streaming it and then uh, took it down pretty quickly, but the video is still out there if you want to find it. Um, but you have to keep in mind that the version he's playing doesn't have the day one patch either. So there could be quite a few more bugs in, in the version that he was playing than you would actually get in the final version. Exactly. All right, next up is going to be that IO announces its new next-gen project, which is going to be a James Bond game. And I can't tell you how excited I am for that, <laughs> considering we really haven't had a James Bond game since the Xbox 360 era, mm-hmm. or at least I should say a new original one uh, for, for, for the most part. But the... They announced that this is going to be kind of the first ever game where you take control of James Bond before he earns his double O status. So it's going to be a prequel to okay. what um, to a lot of the movies. And I just think IO, if you guys don't know, makes the game uh, makes the Hitman games. And I think in a lot of ways, this is going to be super perfect yeah. for for them. And I just hope that they kind of take in the aspect of, you know, they've always been good with stealth and the the gameplay portion of things but you know james bond is known for kind of ridiculous stunts right as well and you know fast cars and everything and you know crazy explosions so as long as io i think does that right i think you know where james bond is in the a good developer's hand for the most part yeah i think it needs to be a slightly sped up version of hitman for me to like it um i enjoy hitman but i never stick with them to like fully complete them i end up getting a little bored and I don't want that same, like, not slow, but methodical figuring out how you're going to kill someone that Hitman does. Like, I don't want that in a James Bond game. So wait until we actually see some gameplay, which will probably be a while. But I am optimistic about it. Yeah, until I see myself, my my Aston Martin, going <laughs> over a ramp, over a helicopter, while it's exploding, while the James Bond theme music is playing. If yep. that's not in there, then the game's a zero, absolutely. <laughs> Not enough explosions. <laughs> not not a, not enough James Bond in a James Bond game. <laughs> but it's a long ways off, so we probably won't see anything for a while. Yeah, because we still won't even get Hitman Three until December of this. Uh, sorry, January of right. this year. So, right. You know they. I, I think it's kind of weird that they even announced this game before they even put out Hitman Three. But I guess there's probably a small team working on it, and then. Once Hitman 3 comes out, then a majority of it will move to the James Bond game. Yep. Next story on my list is going to be the fact that resellers seems to have accumulated more PS5 stock than most retailers have. According to a couple news sites, there is a re- there is a couple uh, there's like a company of resellers that have accumulated over three thousand five hundred. 
PS5s or next-gen gaming consoles, which that number just sounds ridiculous to me just because it it feels like how how could anybody get their hands on that many consoles? And it's a new story. They verified everything about it. You know, these people have thousands of these consoles. And I guess in a way I'm happy because not not happy for I'm I'm happy in the fact that the reseller might be stuck with all this inventory and if he if he's trying to sell for a ridiculous price maybe and nobody's buying from him then maybe you know he'll have to make his price a bit more reasonable because yep. I, I hate the reselling stuff as i've mentioned on the past five podcasts now as much as i you know despise this person for the fact that like there's people out there who can't get them and this is part of the reason why i still think it would be really funny if he's stuck with all of those <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and that's the, that's what i'm hoping for but yep. it it goes to show how bad like the on the retailers networks have been with trying to stop bots from buying all of this and i think i think sony i think sony was really the only company that did it right in a lot of ways where for the sony pre-order i had to put in my gamer tag on playstation right. and then if i got lucky enough i would be selected to pre-order directly from sony and i think in a lot of ways that's kind of the best way to to do this because all of the sites even since past the the new console launch have been saying oh we are restocking at this time and when you do that people can set up their bots to start going over and running the script you know 5 minutes before that time which is faster than any of us can click the button yep so you know it it just goes to show that you know while 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 companies are trying to do us a favor and tell us what time that they're doing the pre-orders at, it still doesn't help because bots are the ones that are getting these consoles first. Yep. I don't think that's ever going to change, though. It's just that's just part of the, the deal, I guess, when new consoles come out until they can get a steady supply, which probably won't be until what, maybe like January, February, maybe. Yeah, a lot of companies are saying that they're pretty much all sold, all sold through, and that the, you know, now it's up to uh, to the console makers of Sony and Microsoft to go ahead and get more stock for more people. Right. And even on top of that, and I guess I'll I'll mention my quick story. Spider Man and Insomniac announced that they were doing these Spider Man Adidas shoes. So mm-hmm. I even tried to get these things. I thought they looked cool, and I like and I like Spider Man. And the moment they went live, they were sold out. Like I was, I was there waiting for like an hour before. And then when it hit 10 o'clock, I refreshed the page and then it was all sold out. Like I didn't even get a shot at buying these things. It was in a lot of ways, this was worse than the consoles because (laughs) in the consoles, I at least had hope. Right. But in, for, for this stuff, you know, it was, I didn't even get a chance to buy it. And five minutes later on eBay, the shoes are going for 150 bucks and they're usually 90. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to bother if that's the case. <laughs> it's, it shouldn't be anybody's duty to have to pay more for the, for a pair of shoes. Yeah. Uh, the shoe game has always been notorious for that. So I saw those shoes as well, but I knew better than to even attempt it. I just was <laughs> like, nah, you know what? I'd like to have them, but nah, <laughs> Luckily, I'm not a shoe person, like, religiously, so right. hopefully I won't have to deal with that problem for too much. <laughs> True. Next kind of story, and I guess a bit more of a segment on our podcast, is going to be the Game Awards announced their nominees for a bunch of multiple different gaming categories. So I thought, I have the page up with me now, I thought I would mention what some of these categories are. There are a lot of other ones that probably we really don't have an opinion on or anything like that, so I'm going to skip those. And I'm pretty much going to go to the, the major ones here. So uh, you ready ready for this, Greg? Yeah, hit me with, with the picks here. All right, so we're going to save Game of the Year for last because we have to keep people listening for some reason. That's so true. I'm going yep. to make them wait. So best multiplayer, uh, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons, <laughs> Among Us, okay. Call of Duty Warzone, Fallout Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. Okay, what do you got? So I, if if I'm thinking of anything, I you know, I guess a part of me has to say what Among Us has done for, uh, for multiplayer this year has been kind of I guess the most significant. You know, Animal Crossing: New Horizons 
it wasn't a great online launch. People get disconnected from each other's islands all the time. Call of Duty Warzone, like it, it, it was massive, but it's another battle royale. Fall Guys, I feel like, was really popular for a short amount of time and fell off. And Valorant, while super popular and still a lot of people are playing it, it didn't get nearly as much attention as Among Us did. So you would say Among Us? Yeah, Among Us is probably my my right. vote. That's probably player. a safe pick. Um, I think I would tend to lean more towards going off of what is still popular. I think probably Warzone. Just yeah. going off of like the amount of people still streaming it. I know a lot of people are streaming Among Us as well, and that's probably what's going to win. But in my heart, I would go with Warzone. Yeah, I, I'm stuck between the two. I just mm-hmm. went ahead and you know, I I feel like I feel like Call of Duty and you know the war games maybe get enough, and yeah. this might be one of the only things I think Among Us might might be able to win. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. From yeah. there, we have best sports and racing game. Okay. which would be Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Okay. Now, if if, if I have to pick, and I'm just picking between the two, really, it's either going to be NBA or Tony Hawk, and if I had to give it, I want to give it to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah, Tony Hawk would get my vote, but I think the one that'll win is FIFA. Yeah, because FIFA is, you know, just this FIFA is gigantic. gigantic. It's such a like not necessarily here in the States, but like worldwide, everybody plays FIFA. So I feel like that's probably the pick. I would love to see Tony Hawk win because they did such a great job with that remaster. That's so exactly I, my feeling. On I that. will cross my fingers that Tony Hawk wins. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm gonna do my part as we're going through this. I've already logged in and, you know, <laughs> literally clicking which ones I'm voting for. Come on, everybody, so, vote for Tony Hawk. <laughs> so the next one the next one's up is going to be a little bit now nah, you know what i'll skip i'll skip best sim and strategy because we didn't play a lot of those games okay. best fam best family game okay there is animal crossings new horizons bandicoot uh, crash bandicoot 4 it's about time fallout guys ultimate knockout mario kart live home circuit minecraft dungeons and paper mario the origami king oh man and I, you know, I, I'm kind of stuck between Animal Crossing and Minecraft Dungeons in a lot of ways, because I know Minecraft Dungeons was so good for couch co-op, too. It wasn't just something that was online, but I want to say Animal Crossing, because when Animal Crossing came out, the amount of people who wanted Switches, whether it was adults or kids, just astronomically grew. Yeah. So I I, I want to say Animal Crossing. I'm yeah, I think I think Animal Crossing is the safe bet here just because that that like you said, right when the pandemic hit, that's what everybody wanted. And like you could not get a switch and it's still it's a little bit easier now, but it's still pretty hard to find a switch and people still want Animal Crossing. Me personally, I think I would probably go with Crash Bandicoot because again, that that game was very very good as well. So yeah. I would vote Crash, but I think Animal Crossing is going to win that category pretty easily. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. And maybe if I played Crash, I'd understand, but I yeah. just didn't. So <laughs> there, there's Best Fighting Game, which I know okay. we don't play a lot of, but what I'll go over is there's Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter Five Champion Edition, One Punch, One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, and Under Night Rebirth EXE Late Clear. Whoa. Now, I have no idea what... <laughs> Uh, what that one's what that one is because it's arc system works which also makes a lot of other fighting games mm-hmm. uh for, for me this year i wanted to mention this uh this certain topic because for me it's going to be grand blue fantasy versus even mm-hmm. though i think mortal Kombat or street fighter is definitely by far the more popular uh grand blue fantasy versus was kind of one of the uh the first fighting game in a while where i kind of had a lot of fun with it and it was something where I didn't feel overwhelmed with all of the mechanics that go into a Mortal Kombat or a or a Street Fighter. So for me, I'm I'm going to be voting for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus here. All right. I know when Street Fighter came out, uh, it was not received well. I think it's gotten better, even though I, I don't think I played it at all. Um, but I think Mortal Kombat would be my pick. Um, they've done so much with like making the actual story mode good. And like the amount of DLC characters they've done is insane. Like they just added Rambo. So like it's crazy the amount of characters you have in that game. So I think Mortal Kombat would be my pick. Yeah, I think I think that's a safe choice. And 
And if there's one game that I know that won't win, it's going to be One Punch Man, a hero nobody <laughs> knows. I know when that game came out, it was horribly reviewed. So yeah, I wonder why it's on that, the list. Yeah, so if something like that wins, then I would be, I would be surprised to it, uh, to disbelief. Yep. For the most part, next one up is going to be best role playing game, which is going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona Five Royal, Wasteland Three, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Okay. Now this one is like this I know as tough. much as this is really tough because this is this is one of the better years I think for role playing games, and. And for me, and what I've said before, is that I don't want to consider like Persona Five a brand new game because it's not. Right. It's you know it's just kind of added DLC, charged at a sixty dollar price rate. So I think for me, I, I'm going to vote Final Fantasy Seven Remake here because that okay. did so, that did so much more. And Final Fantasy Seven Remake was so good. It yeah. was Such a good game. Um, I think. Yeah, I think Final Fantasy VII would get my vote. I've been playing a lot more Yakuza, and it is good, but like I can only play that in like shortened doses, um, and it didn't grab my attention like Final Fantasy VII did. I mean, I did have the nostalgia for it, but that was such a good remake. I think that would be my pick, but I can, I'd be almost willing to bet money that Persona wins. I really think yeah, it will. Yeah, we have to see just because I think I. I know it sometimes in these award shows, like there's there's kind of an inkling to try to get a game that isn't nominated in as many categories, which I know Final Fantasy VII Remake has a lot more categories that it's in, mm-hmm. where Persona 5 Royal really doesn't. So you know that you, you have a point there where Persona 5 could win, but that's because it's not as available as uh, in some of these other categories. Yeah. Hopefully Final Fantasy wins, but we'll see. <laughs> Best action and adventure game, which this is this one's these are all we're starting to get into the really tough, the ones, tough for ones for the most part. All right, because we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and Last of Us 2. It's a tough one, I think yeah. that's a for me, it's a th- it's either like the three I would go between is Last of Us, Star Wars. And why am I blanking on the other one you just said? Ghost of Tsushima or nope. Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Ooh, that's tough. What do you think? So I, I want to... Now, this is only because, like, I have a feeling that The Last of Us 2 is going to be getting a lot of nominations. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think for me personally, I'd rather vote for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because it was... Uh, it. It was a Star Wars game that I think took a lot of people by surprise, yep. considering that a lot of the other Star Wars games in a, have failed in in a lot of ways or just weren't up to expectations, considering how Battlefront and the sour taste that left that all left in our mouths. So I wanna I wanna say Star Wars Fallen Jedi here. I, okay. I would vote for that. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I don't think I can pick Spider Man because it's not a full game in my opinion. Um, I think I'd have to go Last of Us on this one, though. I like yeah. the Star Wars game a lot, but like, I don't know if I like liked it as much as Last of Us. So I'll go Last of Us, even though it's probably okay. going to win like a million categories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is Best Action, which we have Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, and Streets of Rage 4. Oof. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure where like... I feel like looking at some of these games like Streets of Rage 4 and Hades seems to stand out as something like that's kind of different yeah. than Doom Eternal or Half-Life Alex or Neo 2. Um, for me, and I'm I have a soft spot. I'm gonna be I'm gonna go with Hades this game just because I feel like um th- this game deserves to be winning something because of how great it is and yeah. how much fun it is. And for me, like uh, Half-Life Alex, I never got to play because I can't afford the VR system for it. Same. <laughs> Do, uh, Doom Eternal, you know, Doom Eternal, you know, you were telling me about how, how your gripes with that game. And, yep. And I just don't feel like it would be there. Neo 2 was a fun game and I enjoyed it. And Streets of Rage 4 is just something that I, I never really got into. Yeah. But, so I'm, I'm going Hades. Yeah, I think I would go Hades, even though I haven't even played it at all. Just like the amount of attention it's gotten, like Doom is a no go for me. Neo, I bounced off of super hard, and Streets of Rage was good, but 
I think, you know, for how much good everybody's saying about Hades, I think that's the right choice. Yeah, and I feel like Streets of Rage 4 is kind of at a disadvantage here because that game almost is something completely different yeah. than what a lot of these games are, which maybe, you know, some, that needs to be said something where maybe maybe Streets of Rage 4 almost deserves to be in like a fighting game category just yeah, because I, I feel like that fits more into that. But nevertheless, let's see here. Next one is going to be, we don't have best AR VR because none of us have mm-hmm. those things yet. Let's see here. Best community support team. There is Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. Mm. I I don't know that I would say Apex has the best community support. Neither would I, (laughs) um, considering all the stuff that happened, you know, with the with the loot boxes and everything like that. And their Uh, their latest battle pass was a disaster. Yeah. I haven't played. I actually haven't played it since I got since I got down to my parents' place. Yeah, I played uh, so like I'm, two matches last night, and that's the first time I've played it since I got my new console. I think I go Fall Guys on this one. Yeah, I, th- I think Fall Guys as well because I know Fall Guys was also falling into the category of where their social media was also kind of having fun with it. Yeah, and uh, Fall Guys was such a big surprise in a lot of ways that I th- I do think Fall Guys deserves it. I did, I really want like the smaller studios to get more of a get more notice for this kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Let's see here. So next thing up, I'm going to go with best indie. Okay. Uh, there is Karen, which I, I've, to be fair, I, two of these games I've never heard of. Uh, so Karen, Fall uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. Okay. Now, for me, I'm really surprised Among Us isn't in here but yeah. maybe that's because that really technically wasn't released this year you know the um, among us is an older game that's actually been out for a couple years right and i i feel like uh let's see here i i feel like i'd want to go fall guys or spelunky 2 here as much as i've said over and over before i love hades Supergiant games has made kind of three really good games so far and i just wonder when do you stop being an indie Right. developer when all of your games continue <laughs> to succeed and make money so uh uh let's, uh, i, I want to go with spelunky too i like i like what that game offers and it's completely unique in what it does yeah i'm not a big fan of spelunky i think i would probably end up going hades on this one again that hades seems here. like the safe pick let's see here picking hades We're twice and i haven't even played it <laughs> <laughs> So ne- next thing up here, and I think this is going to be fun because it's going to be between, I think, two people, maybe a couple more, but it's best performance for voice acting and motion capture. Okay. We have Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Mm-hmm. Laura Bailey as Abby. Uh, Daisuke Tsuchi as Jin Sakai from Ghost Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Logan Cunningham as Hades from Hades. And Naji, uh, Naji Jeter as Miles Morales from Spider-Man. Now I am, uh, I'm torn between like Miles, Abby, and Ellie, right. and I, I personally think I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Ellie here. It's for Ashley Johnson for Last of Us Two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say it'd be between Ellie and Miles. I think Ellie is the good choice. Like they did such a fantastic job with the motion capture in that game, anyway. That I think you have to give it to Ellie. Yeah, and I I look at all these games, and I try to look at the impactful moments from when you're kind of playing the game, Mm -hmm. and still there's no other gaming moment that stands out to me more as to when you're playing as Ellie going through the hospital, and you and you meet up with the you know one of one of the killers, and that moment where you're just hitting them over (laughs) and over again, I that was that was like an emotional thing where I was like, Oh man, like, can I stop? Like, I don't need to do this anymore, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Ellie because of that specific moment and everything else about the game too. Yep. All right. Next up. Hmm. I think this one's interesting. Best audio design. Okay. So we have doom eternal half-life, Alex ghost, Shishima resident evil three and last of us two. 
now uh, I'm I'm specifically going to go Resident Evil Resident Evil Three here, okay. because the way that Capcom always does sound capture, making things sound creepy, mm-hmm. and and knowing where sound is coming from, like from everywhere, really. I think Resident Evil Three does the best job of it. Like Last of Us Two does a fantastic job on it, and I have to imagine that Half Life Alex also did a really good job with it. But I, you know, in fear of Last of Us Two sweeping everything, which it doesn't really need to do. I'm going to go with Resident Evil 3 here. Resident Evil would be a good pick, but I think I would go Last of Us solely based on the whistle. Uh, Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you now brought back the trauma. (laughs) The trauma of hearing the whistle and then getting hit by an arrow. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Terrifying. So, yeah, I think I'd go Last of Us. So then here, next up is best score in music for Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, and The Last of Us 2. Again, I want to go with, and this is only, and I'm going to say I'm biased here, I want to mm-hmm. go with Final Fantasy VII Remake, yep. because the Final Fantasy VII music has always been great, and the the kind and the way they used like mo- more modern instruments and and better recording to make some of the classics that used to be yep. in the Final Fantasy VII game. I think Final Fantasy VII did the most for me, but that was because of nostalgia. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII would be my pick. I was actually, before you said all the names, I was I was thinking uh, Miles Morales, but um, yeah, we'll go Final Fantasy since Spider-Man wasn't on there. Alrighty, let's see here. Kind of scrolling through, kind of just going and trying to skip some of the yep. some of the other other ones here. You know what? We're at 30 minutes here, and we still talk about the games we played for the week. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and give the people what they want. Game of the year. Okay. Where we have Doom Eternal, uh, <laughs> Final Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. Well, first of all, get Doom Eternal and Ghost of Tsushima out of here. What are they doing <laughs> on there? <laughs> Apparently, like, uh, apparently everybody liked Doom more than I did and Ghost. Yeah, well, like for Ghost Tsushima, like I, uh, I don't think it's anything special. I, uh, I think they're just trying to do it based on what like Sucker Punch and the new IP kind of thing. I do admit that it probably didn't doesn't. I don't know if it deserves a spot on Game of the Year, but neither did Doom Eternal. No. At least I don't <laughs> think so. And we've we've played both of those games. And, mm-hmm. You know, and I've played every single one of these games on here and the thing is for me is final fantasy 7 hades or last of us last of us part 2 and i think uh, this is almost I, a preview of our game of the year discussion huh yeah well like you know throw out so throw out some of these other games like i'm uh, animal crossing is going to be a 10 on my list maybe <laughs> and that's only because animal crossing isn't my type of game but i can't deny the popularity it's brung yeah to nintendo switch so yeah, like I'm I'm having a hard time picking just between these three games. And I I think I know that The Last of Us Part Two is going to win. Mm-hmm. Just because just because of like everything that that game does and narratively, gameplay wise, the sound direction. I, I think I think it does everything better. But you know, Final Fantasy Seven Remake and Hades both do fantastically. Yeah. And I I've and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm gonna go Last of Us Two here because I look at all these games and Last of Us Two still leaves one of the more remembering marks that I have. Yeah, of a game. Yeah, it's a toss up between Last of Us and Final Fantasy for me, and like it may change between now and when we do our game of the year discussion. But like the Last of Us is potentially a game of the generation, last generation for sure. Um, and then also on the other hand, you have Final Fantasy where that game has been like hyped and teased for two console generations now because it was teased back on the PS3. Um, and then to finally come out and hold up and actually be better than I thought it could be puts it up there. But I think I think The Last of Us is still better. So I would go Last yeah. of Us. Yeah, for me, it's Last of Us 2, and I think I'm going to decide. I think I would rather go Hades. Okay. Um, as for, like, second place, and maybe I maybe I end up putting Hades in uh, as a vote here. Like, I can just go ahead and do another mm-hmm. poll. 
a whole list of voting but for, for sure for me like hades i want hades to get the recognition it deserves because of how long i played it and i guess i guess it's something along the lines of where you know i played it before it got popular and i knew it was this great mm-hmm. and i knew it was going to be great and then i was you know everything i said about it turned out to be true which yeah. you know if and that's that's pretty much all I all I really have in in game of in kind of game of the game awards nominees things. I I really like the game awards. I think it's probably one of the bigger shows where we get to see and celebrate gaming a bit more. And especially considering that gaming grew an astronomical amount of popularity this year due to the due to the COVID virus. That we are um that you know this this show I think means a lot more than what uh that what people think it does because of how many how many people picked up gaming because of the sickness yeah true all right and then with that we're going to go to our games played and i uh, will let you guys know as well that it's it's something that the get uh the gaming is something where everybody can vote so if you want to go ahead and cast your vote go to the game uh the game there's a nominees tab you create an account and you just sign it and make it from there I know, I know, I'm doing it right now. Craig will probably do his as well. Yep. And and you know, just uh, it's going to be live on YouTube, I think. And uh, they've they've done a pretty good job of that. So I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 excited for the Game Awards just in, just in general. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next up is going to be games played for the week, and I only have one. Okay. And I played the Pathless. Okay. Which is a PS5 uh, digital exclusive. What did you end up playing, Craig? So I have two new ones, and I have two games that I talked about last week that I just want to revisit. So four total, I guess. Look at you. <laughs> trying to stay busy. Yeah, try, uh, Yeah, more so than I am, apparently. <laughs> so I'll let, I'll let you, why don't you go through two, and then I'll okay. go through, and, uh, and I'll go through and do the path list, and I'll let you finish it off. All right, so we'll revisit one, then I'll do one of the new ones. So um, Call of Duty. Cold War. I finished the yeah. campaign um, and then I put a bunch more time into the multiplayer so I can give like a definitive answer on the game. Um, so the single player campaign, uh, I felt like it was OK when I started. And then once I got into it, I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, it's, you know, I like that they went a different way with the campaign where there's choices you make that affect the missions. There's like little puzzles you have to figure out and solve. Um, to go after certain people, like you have to figure out who the informants are. And in order to do that, you have to get clues from the missions and then take them back to your mission board and like fill, figure out these ciphers, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, okay. And then the ending of the game was just like all the Black Ops games, like a like a mind bender almost, which was cool. So like the campaign I thought was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. Now the multiplayer, now that I played a decent amount of it, I would say that it's not that great. Um, of course, I'm still going to play it because I'm an idiot and that's just what I do. <laughs> but, but there's, you know, there's not very many maps. It takes forever to level up your guns. And if you want to get them gold, you're looking at like probably a solid 10 to 12 hours just to get a gun gold, maybe more, which is way too long. And I think they did that because there isn't as many guns to choose from. So they're trying to extend the lifespan of the game here, but it's been talked about a bunch, but like the, uh, the matchmaking is real bad in this game. Is um, it still as bad as it was when we first started? Yes. Wow. So, and, and they refuse to change it. They're steadfast in their decision that, you know, if you have a good game, so like, for instance, I was playing a little bit today and run around with a shotgun and I ended up going like 30 something and 12. So the next game, it's going to bump you up to people who have also done very, very well in the past two or three games. So what happens is you go, if you have one good game, you're probably going to have like three or four really bad games. And then they'll drop you back down to a bad lobby and then you'll have a good one. And then you'll have three or four bad games. So it's just like it's not it's not fun um, to just constantly be like, well, I had a good game. Now I have to go and really, really focus on on these next couple matches or else I'm going to do terrible. And like, I'm not playing this game professionally. I don't want to play this game professionally. I just want to play it for fun. And I don't want to have to put that much effort to stay positive in a game. So I think all in all, that would be a, this is a solid rent, get through the campaign 
the zombies is, is a ton of fun as well. So like if you're into zombies, then maybe buy it because you can get enough hours out of that. But if you're buying this game strictly to do multiplayer, which is what most people do, I would not. I would pass. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to follow up, as we mentioned, uh, what Modern Warfare did in right. a lot of ways. And, and and for me, who's primarily playing multiplayer or even Warzone or Zombies with just friends for the most part, I'm not mm-hmm. usually going out of my way to play those game modes. It would be something along the lines where, you know, if if you have a good game, but three of our other friends don't, you know, yep. we're just going, we might be going into a lobby where we're going to have an even worse game. Right. And then it's not fun anymore, which yep. is the whole point of playing with your friends it's supposed to be having. Yeah. You just fun. want to have fun. Like you don't want to, ha- you don't want to be in the lobbies where everybody is, you know, acting like they're a professional gamer. And I did go back and play some Warzone uh, a couple days ago. And like, just jumping back into that, I was like, man, this feels so much better. <laughs> um but yeah and then i also i was trying to go through and see what else was on game pass and i did download tetris effect yeah um which also was on the ps4 which i played a little bit of when that came out but like for whatever reason and i think it's a mixture of like this time of year for the job that we have is super stressful right and just like coming home last night and i was like all right i'm just gonna play some tetris and it was super relaxing and so much fun like I think nice. it just hit me at the right time that I've been like having such a good time playing Tetris, which is crazy, but such a good game. I know it's been said last year. It was on a couple of websites like Game of the Year discussions last year, Tetris Effect. But man, if you if you have an Xbox or a PlayStation, like get that game for sure. It's on Game Pass. I think it's like 20 bucks on PS4, PS5, but such a good game. Can't recommend that game enough. Yeah, Tetris Effect is a lot of fun, and considering um, the holidays are a stressful time for a lot of people, the the kind of like calming, soothing way that Tetris can just kind of not put at more added pressure onto your life yep. if you don't want it. It's it, it is good. It's it's a nice stress reliever. It can be stressful if you want it to be, but like just yeah. putting it on like the chill mode is amazing, <laughs> and the music's good, man. Yeah, and the visuals are great. Just a good time. But anyway, go on to yours. All right, so I ended up playing The Pathless, which is a... I, I consider this an indie game for the most part. Mm-hmm. But The Pathless is a game where you play as a fe- uh, like a, a female archer going into onto an island that's covered by darkness, and you have to go cleanse this darkness. And the, the movement system is a lot different to where on this on this island there are all these targets that you can hit with your bow and and the bow is an auto lock let me make that clear it's something where the bow will automatically lock to a target and as long as you hold the trigger long enough and you wait for like the the circle or timing to complete you just hit you'll unleash an arrow and you'll hit it no matter what um actually unless something is blocking you like a tree or something so the first thing I'm going to mention is that this game is a lot of fun. I enjoyed it because it's really fast paced. It kind of reminded me of a mirror's edge in a lot of ways. And there isn't as much focus on the parkour part of things that kind of make, you know, mirror's edge thrilling or the fast combat. It's something along the lines where the, the more of these targets you hit in the row, you get to keep your speed and you use this speed to, defeat bosses you use this speed to get higher up in the in the island that you're traveling through and throughout this time you're cleansing the island of darkness defeating these bosses and then going on to the next area so the the movement is a lot of fun i think that like but it's also simple because there isn't really anything else other than solving some puzzles in order to get uh, parts of parts of what you need to do to cleanse the island of darkness done it's it's nice that it's a game that uh, it it doesn't really tell you much of what it's of, of what it wants from you you just kind of get onto the island you get a little bit of a tutorial and you start going and trying to clear each island as you go along the the movement's fun the aiming's auto it's basic you get a pet eagle and it's probably the most fun part of this <laughs> game so far where the eagle you get to pet the eagle there's literally a button for press to to pet the eagle and 
The eagle helps you stay up in the air. You can glide with the eagle. The eagle actually can flap up in the air and get you to higher distances. And it also is of a central part in figuring out puzzles because the bird can, you know, carry this weight, bring it over to you, and will put it on the, uh, like, a, a plate, a pressure plate to where you can, you know, solve some of these puzzles. And for the most part, the puzzles I've been solving have been uh, weight puzzles or lighting torches in a certain way or shooting my arrow through a bunch of hoops okay. um, in order to in order to break these barriers but the the art style is amazing the uh the the, the fast pacedness is what continues to bring me back to the game and i think for a lot of people this game isn't going to be as popular Mm-hmm. as they as it should be because of the fact that it's digital only and i don't think sony put a lot of money into the advertising part of this game as we can see and as you guys probably see in your daily lives uh, a lot of the budget went to um supporting miles morales uh you know it's almost in every commercial yeah that you can that you can watch so the pathless is fun i definitely say it's a buy especially if you're looking for a next-gen game and on top of that, the one, the only thing I will say is I played a decent amount of hours into this game, and it didn't crash, but I think the controls broke. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird to say, but while while I was doing a boss battle, um, you usually can control your character, of course, of which way it's going to dodge moves, but at some point, my character got stuck only going to the left, and it wasn't because of my controller, it didn't have Joy-Con drift. <laughs> it just... Um, for whatever reason, the game just could only register my character moving left. So I had to hard reboot it, and the game started working fine again. But that only happened once in my couple hours of playing. And it's it's just something to be aware of, because I don't know what other bugs there might be with this game. But it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. It's a buy. So this is pretty funny, because I was trying to look up videos while you were talking to see what it looks like. And it's on Apple Arcade. So I just downloaded it. <laughs> Oh, there you go. See, so now we'll give it a shot on my phone and see how that goes. (laughs) Now, how much is it on Apple Arcade? Well, Apple Arcade is is uh, you just pay monthly for so I can just download it for free in parentheses because I'm paying the monthly. Because one thing I will say is the pathless is 50 bucks. What? On PlayStation. And I and yeah, I got it, you know, because (laughs) I I, I wanted to play it. I wanted to see it. I had mentioned before that I was interested in this game. But the fact that you're going to probably pay for Apple Arcade for one month and mm-hmm. get away with it, you're going to end up spending. Not even because when I got my new iPhone last month, it came with three months of Apple Arcade. So Yeah, so you're you're just getting it for free. This <laughs> Correct. Is, this is what I get. This is what I get for playing it on an X-Gen console. So I will definitely play it and we maybe we can see if there's any differences between the mobile version and the PlayStation version. I, there has to be, I would think. Yeah, and I guess I'm interested to see what, how how the controls kind of play on a mobile device, right. or whether or not it's going to be something where you eventually say you need to have a controller for this. Yeah, <laughs> but the the game's a lot of fun, and petting the eagle is the most satisfying thing right now uh, that I can get. So if you want a pet eagle, you get Pathless for a pet eagle. Nice. I'm excited to try it. It can be like my. Uh before I go to bed type game or something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So um, back to a little bit more of an update. I put a bunch of more time into Yakuza like a dragon. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when we were talking about the game of the year discussion, I really like this game. Um, I like the turn-based style that they went with instead of just a straight brawler. But I am having trouble playing it for more than an hour or two. And I was trying to figure out why. And I think the problem is just like every Yakuza game, it's like 20-minute or 15-minute cutscene and then go do something real quick and then another 15-minute cutscene and then go do something real quick, and it's pretty much the same thing here. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see if once I get a little bit farther in the game, if it eases up, but right now it's like so much of an info dump that I'm just like, I do like one or two things, and I'm like, all right, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that eases off. And then I think once it does that, it'll be, you know, a very, very good game. But, you know, that's a big ask of people to sit through in the first five or six hours. Probably three of that, maybe four of that is cutscenes. 
Yeah. Like that's a lot. So if you've played Yakuza games before, like you're used to that, it's nothing new there. But like if you're trying to jump into this as just an RPG, I think you're going to bounce off of this so hard. Um, and I almost have. I'm just kind of like trying to force my way through it to see if it gets better. But yeah, I don't know. Your way isn't <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if the, if I'm going to be able to keep doing that if it doesn't change soon. So hopefully it does. Otherwise, I probably will not finish this game. So this is going to be another one that's a rent for me, just like Call of Duty. And then the other one that I played, which is a little bit of an older game, was I started playing River City Girls. I don't know if you've played that. but I have heard of River City Girls. Yeah. For sure. It's, it's like a Streets of Rage 4. Correct. Like- yep. Streets of Rage, but like anime style. And like, man, it is anime as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's fun. Like it, it controls very well. It looks really nice. The cutscenes are kind of done in like a, uh, a comic book style, um, which I thought was really cool. Uh, the two main characters are literally just looking for their boyfriends because they got kidnapped and they're just beating up everybody. It's extremely funny. Um, I'm having a lot of fun, just like streets of rage. Like I like those type of games. I think it just brings me back to like childhood and playing the Ninja Turtles game in, in arcades or the X-Men or Simpsons or whatever. But I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's been a nice break. That's it, it's what I've been playing in between Yakuza. So like I'll play, you know, thing of Yakuza and be like, all right, I need a break. I'm going to go beat up some people. So this one is a uh, I'm going to say this one's a buy. It's on Game Pass. They just put it on there. So if you have Game Pass, just go download it uh, and give it a shot. If not, I think it's probably like 20 bucks or 15 and it's definitely worth that. So it's it that one will be a buy. So it's not all bad news this week. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty good news for the yep. most part. Yep. And a lot yep. of what we're playing. Yep. So that's what I played this week. All right. So then with that, we then go to the movies and entertainment section of it, which I'm caught up on the Mandalorian. Hey. <laughs> so if, uh, if we're interested in talking about it, of course, we'll admit here first that there's going to be spoilers mm-hmm. in this. And I guess we should probably start with episode three, uh, last week's, I guess, episode Mm -hmm. uh, where we uh, the Mandalorian is. Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, he makes it to the planet. He drops off the frog Mm -hmm. lady. Yep. Um, They meet up and then he he's he was told that going to this planet, there were more of his kind there. Right. And he he gets told that he's going to that they're going to these people are going to take them to more of their kind it's a fishing boat and then they find out that they're just looking to get the kid (laughs) again so he the mandalorian finds himself in a predicament where he's you know he's in the water he's trapped and he's probably going to die until other bounty hunters start showing up yep three of them yeah mandalorians and i guess the the big surprise with this episode is how well it ties together with the star Wars animated clone wars mm-hmm. series, because that's, I think people who watch that, I think got a lot more out of this episode than people who didn't. So for example, the Mandalorians from the planet Mandalore that has kind of been abandoned because neither the Republic nor the uh, Imperial army could take over it. And then there was a huge civil war that kind of just left that planet deserted in a wasteland. So they, everyone left it and then to no surprise there are some mandalorians still from the mandalore era in the clone wars where you know you get to see uh, bo katan and yep. she's pretty much a splitting image of what she is it's kind of nuts that the the voice actor pretty much looks the exact same as she did in the animated series so it's nice that she gets a live action role as well yep and they go on, they're looking to collect, uh, They he gets told to help these people in exchange for more, for uh, guidance for the child. And they, he gets told that he has to go eventually meet uh, Ahsoka Tano, who was also from the animated Clone Wars series. Yep, and they've been, one of everybody's them. been yelling for her to be in something forever. Yep, and the, <laughs> uh, and I guess she's one of the voices in the rise of skywalker movie yes. so that you know there's a lot for people who watch the animated clone war series i had a lot of fun with this episode uh, the mandalorian continues to surprise me and what it continues to do and how it continues to kind of pull back on the nostalgia yep that um older star wars 
things had. So I just think uh, it was a fun episode, and I look forward to seeing Ahsoka Tano because she she is my favorite, I guess, of the Jedi Order that yep. there is. And also, like I I can't not mention being a wrestling fan that like we been waiting for uh you know whatever character that mercedes which is sasha banks in the wwe was going to be and she ended up being one of the mandalorians which i thought was kind of cool um and i also thought it was cool that they considered you know the mandalorian as like the crazy one who doesn't take his helmet off right because they all do um, yeah, but he he was raised by a right. uh, like a religious group yep. to kind of that kind of religified never never releasing your helmet. Which Correct, never showing it, your face. Yeah, it's true in the Clone Wars series. The Mandalorians take off their uh, their helmets without a problem. Right, and I guess it, and you know that's something that you know we're all surprised to as uh, you know he he won't take off his mask at all, and he kind of continues to stick by that, which I thought. I thought maybe he was going to warm up to the idea of taking off his mask more, but yeah. apparently not. Maybe, maybe by the end of it. Um, but yeah, it was a good episode. Hats off to uh, Mercedes Sasha Banks for holding her own um, yeah. as an actress. You could definitely like say like because I watched so much wrestling when they were fighting in their suits. I immediately was like, well, that one's her for sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was cool. So hopefully she gets. You know, I want to see those guys come back, all three of them. And I would assume they probably will. But uh, it was a good episode. There hasn't been a bad episode yet, honestly. Yeah, and then that leads right into the most recent episode. And it, I, it was definitely, I feel like, a bit more toned down. But mm-hmm. we get to go back to the... Kataro, Na- Navarro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> it, they get to go back to the planet that kind of originally where everything... Uh, happened with the child the imperial getting the armor blah 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 and he needs to get his ship fixed so while his ship is getting fixed he ends up going to uh do a job for i i'm so bad with names it's kind of <laughs> me too in a way here i'm gonna actually pull up the uh cast list real quick so we have an idea I mean, they were both from the first season, but I always forget their names. Yeah, so it's Cara Dune and Grief Karga. There you go. That are the two people that are still on that planet, and they're making things better, and they need to go to destroy an Imperial base that is still there. Yep. So he's... Uh, so so they go to do that. It turns out that there's... Uh, they kind of figure out what they were trying to do with the child... Uh, and the fact that the child is force sensitive and they're trying to put the blood of a force sensitive child into um, into test subjects to see how they respond. So they, uh, you know, they end up blowing up the ship and people end up getting away. But it turns out um, Moff Gideon, you know, they kind of figure out he's not dead, which we knew he wasn't. Right. But um, the, you know, the, the Mandalorian did not. So we get to see what what they're up to in a way, which is kind of leading to what looks like to be a a war type thing because he has all these robots at the end of the episode. Yep. But again, you know, the Mandalorian just continues to is hitting everybody with a really good with really good stuff right now. And episode three and episode four are just good, fun uh, episodes, and I'm interested to see if um, he finally gets to see Ahsoka next episode because that's really the only thing I can. Uh, I'm. Yep. The next big event I'm really looking forward to. I'm waiting for the end of the season where we get to see, you know, the Mandalorian, then all the other Mandalorians and also um, everybody else against like these robots that, you know, that they have. But I think it's going to be a pretty cool climatic ending to the season. And like, thank goodness for this show, because I'm starting to feel like these Marvel shows that are supposed to be on Disney Plus are never going to come out. So like it's. (laughs) I'm glad that there's at least something on Disney Plus to watch that makes it seem worth the money I'm paying. <laughs> yeah, because you, we can only live off of, you know, watching Aladdin and right. all of the other kind of classic Disney things that they do for so long. And The Mandalorian, I'm pretty pretty sure, is what's keeping, you know, more than half. <laughs> yeah, of probably. Subscriber base right now until the until the new stuff comes out and you right. know, the Mandalorian still continues to be still continues to surprise me with how great it is. And, uh, John Favreau is, 
is still, you know, he's crazy good at writing and he's been he's been doing a really good job with this series. Yep. Hats off to him for making a fantastic Star Wars TV series. I never thought that would happen besides like animated. I was about to say, yeah, the Clone Wars is great. It was confusing, but it was great. (laughs) So that's that's pretty much all I have to really talk about with the Mandalorian. Like and if you guys don't know, the Mandalorian is played by uh, Pedro Pasquale and I guess if I'm going to mention anything, one thing that I found interesting in the entertainment news is, did we really need a return of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? <laughs> yes. Like, yes, we do. I <laughs> I remember watching that movie, and I just saw the trailer for it where Pedro Pasquale is in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this this man just be, must be making a ton of money. Yeah, he's he cashing goes, in. He, yeah, he's he's cashing in on everything here, and he's... He's doing a he's doing a good job of it, but yeah, like I, I saw that movie and I know they had to replace Taylor Lautner's character because probably Taylor Lautner wanted to do nothing with, right? Um, Which um, if he reboot. was smart, he would because I mean he's not after Twilight. He did a couple movies and they were all terrible, and he's pretty much since disappeared. So like you would think he'd want to get back in on this, but whatever. Yeah, I, I wonder if the money wasn't enough or something like that. Cause yeah, maybe they they've tried to they've tried to bring back everybody that you know was in the original but you know i i remember seeing that and it's the same thing of like who asked like who, <laughs> i i never needed a shark point in lava girl 2 let alone uh, let alone the first one but that yep. that came this is all coming back in like a weird time series where that original one came out around the time of Spy Kids 3D, which was a really weird movie. And Spy yes, it Kids was. 4, which was a really weird movie. <laughs> um, so it, I'm interested to see how it does. I don't know if I can force myself to watch it, but I feel like a lot of people are kind of talking about this because it's it's a really it's a big surprise to everybody who's like, what? We didn't. Who? <laughs> the answer is that they will remake anything if they think it'll make money. And like this is generating enough buzz that I think people will watch it. I don't think I will because I I don't even I can barely remember the original movie, so I don't really care. But there's probably a, a big audience of people out there who were, you know, they enjoyed this when they were kids and they would definitely watch another one. Um, and yeah. then the I did want to add real quick too in the movie news that we saw like the first big movie kind of hit that uh, we give up. We're not going to just put this in theaters and that's Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we have Pixar soul that's going to be on Disney plus on Christmas day, but uh, you know, they just came out and said that Wonder Woman will also be on HBO max on Christmas day, but they're also going to be putting it in theaters on Christmas day as well. So you have kind of two options there to watch it. Um, I have HBO max. So obviously I'm going to watch it in my home, but I thought it was interesting, too, that AMC was, you know, they were asked, how do you feel about this? And their comment was, we're fully on board. And my first initial thought was, of course, you're on board. Like, you don't get a say because nobody's going to the movie theaters right now. So if they're literally throwing you a bone here and being like, you can put it in theaters, but we're also going to put it on HBO. You're not going to fight against that. You're just going to take it and hope that people show up. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like there definitely is a crowd of people who want to see these, you know, big superhero yeah. movies in a movie theater. So I think movie theaters are going to see a rise just because there really is nothing to go in the movie theaters right now to see anything of. Right. And you know, people who are worried about the virus and don't want to go out, you know, you either want to see the movie and get a HBO subscription or you don't. Yeah. And I think like going to the movies on Christmas is a, is a big tradition for a lot of people. Um, I think Christmas and New Year's is like the two big ones. So it's, you know, this will be interesting to see how it does. Uh, I don't even know if some of the movie theaters in our area are open right now. I haven't actually looked, but I like the idea of doing both. I think that's probably the smart thing to do from here on out. Um, And that way the movie theaters can hopefully stay afloat because I do not want them to close. I look forward to going back to them eventually, but you know, for now, I'm not going to complain about being able to watch that. I mean, I already told my family that, like, that's what we're going to be doing on Christmas. We're going to open presents and then watch Soul and Wonder Woman. That's just what we're going to do on Christmas. So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And th- those are at least two good movies you'll be able yeah. to watch. Yep. I'm 
I, I guess I guess it's going to be funny to see now. There's has to be a timer for if I get the James Bond game first or if I get the James <laughs> Bond movie first. You'll get so the movie first, but I think they're. I don't think they're going to put that on streaming. I think they're going to be stubborn about getting it in theaters. Oh yeah, I, I think I think the fact that they haven't they've been so stubborn about it just goes yep. to show that you know DC is willing, and I they probably got a decent amount of money from HBO because oh, if I'm anybody sure. could require that, it's going to be HBO and the type of money they have. Yep. So that's that that's going to be you know, probably one of the streaming sites that could do it. I'm interested to see if somehow Netflix throws enough money at yeah, uh, I, Universal Studios to get James Bond, because I think the type of money that I think they want for James Bond is going to be nuts. And yeah, I it's going to be insane. And I, think, <laughs> and I think really the only people that could probably afford it is going to be Netflix. Yeah, they could do it. I just, I just think they're so stubborn with James Bond. They're like, no. It's only going to be in theaters. <laughs> yeah, you have to see it in IMAX, which I hate that I right. need to. Which means but... for you, it'll probably be like next holiday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a sad truth that I have, but yep. hopefully, um, hopefully the movie's worth it. That's that's all I got to hope for. If yep. I if I have to wait another another year for it, then fine. But it, it, it better be worth it. It better be good. I mean, I'll be waiting a year for the next Fast and Furious. So what's a, a year for James Bond, you know? Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I got for movies. Yeah, and it looks like that's all we're going to have for the podcast today. Uh, thank you again to everybody to li- for everybody who's listening. If, you, if it's your first time, make sure you give us a follow on Spotify or any Apple or whatever podcast system you're listening to this on we're on social media we're on instagram t- twitch netflix it's, whoops sorry not netflix wow uh we're on <laughs> Maybe, twitter someday. and facebook that's what we're on and if you guys are interested we went ahead and launched a website where craig and i posted reviews of demon souls and spider-man miles morales so yep. if you want a deeper cut into how we thought about how the game played and what we what we thought about the games in general make sure you go over and check the articles out it's literally high sensitivity gaming.com it's uh we bought the domain so it's easy for everybody to find <laughs> yep nobody can take it but yeah that's the that's all we really have for this week's podcast and with that we'll see you guys next time see you later